Welcome to the Cool Tools Show. I'm Mark Frauenfelder, Editor-in-Chief of Cool Tools, a website of tool recommendations written by our readers. You can find us at cool-tools.org. I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Kelly, founder of Cool Tools. Hey, Kevin. Hey, it's great to be here. In each episode of the Cool Tools Show, Kevin and I talk to a guest about some of his or her favorite uncommon and uncommonly good tools they think others should know about. Before we introduce this week's guest, I want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a great way to support everything Cool Tools does, including our newsletters, podcast, video channel, and our flagship review website. This week, we want to give a shout out to John Hobson, Alan Lowson, and Bill Kirkpatrick. To become a patron of Cool Tools, visit patreon.com slash cool tools. Our guest this week is Joya Palmieri. Joya was born in Boston in 1967. She's the co-editor and publisher of Mineshaft, a small art, comics, and literary mag that was started in 1999. Joya lives in Durham, North Carolina with her daughter, Irina, and Mineshaft partner, Everett Rand. She's currently working on a novel. Hey, Joya, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Oh, it's a real pleasure to have you. We're so delighted to hear what you have recommended for us. Great. It's good, yeah. And so uh, after we're done talking about this stuff, we'll talk about Mineshaft, which uh, I have a lot of questions about. It's, Great. it's so cool. But let's start with uh, with your uh, first pick, which is uh, called Gamine. Yeah, Gamine. I'm not doing yeah. good on pronouncing things right. Okay, Gamine. Okay, t- tell us about it. Well, uh, Gamine um, is it's a great, um, it's workwear for women. And I found it, you know, searching around um, a while, like, I think about six years ago, I, my, my garden pants had just totally given out and uh, I, I couldn't, they weren't making them anymore. So I looked around the internet and I found these, uh, this, it was kind of a new company. I guess it started in 2014. It's run by a woman who's a gardener. They make the most fantastic, I know it's for women, but men can use it for gifts, let me tell you. But okay. <laughs> um, they make fantastic pants, uh, shirts, uh, coveralls, hats. They've got a, they work with a hat company uh, out of Portland, Oregon, that makes all their hats in Portland. They're wonderful hats. Um, they're like an intentionally small company that I really admire because uh, they just, well, they're kind of like Mineshaft. They just want to do what they want to do, you know, and they mm-hmm. want to keep it super high quality. And I, I really like their philosophy. They use um, like vintage. They search out and find vintage uh, fabric. And so my I, my garden pants are made from like vintage uh, denim from North Carolina, you know, printed at the, uh, when you, when, when the old When mills. you say vintage, do you mean that it's like, 20 years like, old and has yeah. like a, an old bolt left over from yeah. somewhere. Like yeah. Like stock. old stock. Yeah. Yeah. It, and um, they use like archival designs from, they, they work with this woman at uh, Dickies, you know, the Dickies, the old pants. Mm-hmm. Like. And sure. uh, so I have these, like, I have a couple, I have another garden pants that, that was uh, based off an old um, design from like, women air flyers from world war ii i mean they're just great stuff um and not That's o- so cool. yeah not only that but they they look good <laughs> and they hold up i mean they're just uh but i really like their philosophy they're good people a small company out of rhode island and uh like during the pandemic they 
they let their, um, you know, a bunch of the customers, we, we supported their efforts to make gowns and masks for uh, a hospital in New York. You know, they're just, um, they're just good people and great products, you know, just, uh, but they're funny because, you know, they just do what they want to do. And so they'll send out an email and say, we're doing our jeans, you know, you got to pre-order and uh-huh. they'll run out, you know, and um, sometimes I ask them, Hey, can't you do like another color? <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I just really appreciate their, um, they're really focused on exactly what they do and doing it really well, you know? Um, so I, I, I just, I kind of, and I admire the woman that runs it. So cool. and, and, and how, how are their prices? So you have uh, you have work jeans or overalls, what would they run? Now I would say most of their pants run over a hundred, like 125 to 150. Sometimes they have sales, but I'll tell you that you just need one pair and you can wear it and wear it, you know? So I know people kind of raise their eyebrows on the price, but it's made in the U.S. Their materials made in the United States, you know, they're, they're small and, and their products are made to last, you know? So you save up and you buy a, a shirt or a pair of pants every once in a while, but it's and, uh, and are yeah. the are, are there size are they kind of custom made? If they're that small, are you giving them measurements and they're making it, or do they have a selection and you're having to choose your size from it? Yeah, you have a. At first, I was a little intimidated, you know, because they have sizes, and I was like, oh my gosh. But you just uh, Whitney is a service person, and you just email her and you tell her your size, and if you get it wrong, they let you return it, you know. And, uh, oh, it, wow. it, they're just, and so for a little bit, it took me some trial and error. I, I like my clothes a little bigger mm-hmm. than maybe they, you know, you give them the measurements and they want them to like fit you really, I like it a little bigger, <laughs> you know, so it took a little while, but it was completely worth it. And I kind of have a relationship with these guys, you know, I, I, I'll email them and, um, you know, say, well, I bought this would, and it fit this way. Would this fit? Okay. Yeah, sure. You know, they, um, so it's it's just a fun to buy from them and fun to see what they have. You know, um, I'm waiting for the summer. They hopefully will have their work shorts again because I've kind of worn mine almost out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, yeah. it's really hard to wear the stuff out. Um, These coveralls are really cool looking. Oh boy! I, now Everett got me that as a present, and I I mm-hmm. haven't worn them yet because. I'm, I'm too, I'm too, I can't wear them outside. They're too nice, you know? So I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, they look great. They're so Oh, the cool. fabric is just um, fantastic. I have a pair of pants also made from that same fabric. I think it's mm-hmm. also, I think it's North Carolina mill, I think, or su- some Southern mill. Let's see. So could you describe what they look like, Mark, since um, you say they look cool in what way? Well, they are uh, kind of this like blue on blue striping. And it's just a, a, like a jump jumpsuit. You just—it looks like something that a, an Air Force pilot, yeah, in World War One would wear yeah. or something. Yeah, or, or like a cool mechanic, you know? Yeah, yeah, like a mechanic. That's <laughs> yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally—it's hanging in my closet, waiting for me to to put it on, you know. <laughs> so that was a big, yeah, uh, that was great. a fun splurge. And I also, though they, um, someone else makes their hats. Their hats are so fun um, because, you know, it's hard to find a hat made in the United States that you can actually afford because though they're expensive, they almost run a couple hundred dollars, you know, um, try to find a hat made in the United States, you know, 
<laughs> I mean, I'm a yeah, I'm a fan of the um, Tilly hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're made in what? the U.S. I'm not really sure though. Yeah, the- yeah. Well, uh, some of the old, some of the hats that used to be made in the U.S. You turn them over now, and they're not made in you know. I mean, this these guys make their hats right in Portland. So this so. is a really tell us about your second um, cool tool. So my second one is an equally it's kind of along the same lines. It's called it's a Rivendell Mountain Works. Um, this is a company Everett kind of discovered looking around trying to find like an old timey, you know, from the 70s and 80s, kind of those old day packs because the, the day packs have gotten so kind of fancy and stiff. And so uh, he, he came upon this company and we've been buying from them for probably 10 or 12 years they're um, also another intentionally small, I think they call them like a micro cottage uh, industry. They are made in um, Monroe, Washington, like little uh, one or two people make um, each piece. Um, and it's made from extremely sturdy material, very affordable. Um, what would affordable be? How much would let's, it cost? Well, I can't remember. I haven't bought a day pack in a while, but the, they're like their um, shoulder bags are, are run almost like around 90 from 65 to hundred or something dollars, but they last forever, you know? Um, and they're, they're made right. You know, they're, they're just, inc- I have two of their bags. Plus I have their day pack. Um, and I have a larger pack. Uh, they're just super comfortable incredibly sturdy. I think they're just made to last a lifetime. I, I, I haven't had any kind of rips or anything in them, you know, it looks like the um, packs are between 150 and $180. Right. Depending on the size. Yeah. And again, I mean, uh, I think that's kind of reasonable for a pack that just lasts and lasts, you know, um, uh, but also you're supporting a, a small company that, you know, has workers right here in in the states and they're um they use local suppliers you know they're just they're really great company um and also i they they're very have a lot of they have personal service you got any questions you kind of want to maybe uh take a color and switch it out with another color they have they they um they'll do that for you you know um okay so um tell us about your third um Cool tool. My third one is a, a favorite company of mine, uh, Tyga. It's I, have you ever heard of Tyga Works? It's in Canada, British. I think it's Brent, uh, Vancouver, and it's just it's a large it's a larger company. They make every um, the stuff I buy. They make in Canada. Uh, they make a, a number. They have a number of things. They're into like super outerwear and survival wear. Different equipment, active wear. But what I really love about them is the products they are making in Canada. They're hundred percent Merino wool shirts, they're fleece. Um, they've got all kinds of fleece things like fleece blankets, fleece jackets, fleece vests. I think we have something of, uh, all of this. We've been buying from them probably for 12 years. Even my daughter can finally fit into the, the clothing. So she, she loves it. You know, they're soft and comfortable. And, uh, you get kind of a deal sometimes depending on the exchange rate, you know, and they're, mm-hmm. they're a quirky company. They make you put sizes in some like your measurements. Cause they don't like to send you the wrong thing because of shipping. 
But, and so sometimes mm-hmm. I get a call from them, like, and it's always the same woman. She does the service. She's really funny. She'll call me all, you know, from uh, British Columbia. She'll call me and she'll say, are you sure you want that size? <laughs> you know, and I'll be like, yes, I want it. Bit, you know, and so we, we go back and forth and, and uh, just, just really fun. Always the same person. The guy who runs it, I think has started it is a German guy. And she always says how me- mm-hmm. he's just really meticulous and yet they're quirky too. You know, they, they don't always put the right colors on the website or sometimes you order something. It's a little different color, you know, but I like that. I mean, I think it's kind of, it's always good. There's no, you know, it's, it's always good. Like they, they said, uh, they have these great fleece blankets and they say not available to ship in the United to the United States. So I, I, I asked them, I, I was talking to her on the phone because she called me about some size. And I said, what about the blankets? And she goes, oh, people complain about the shipping when we, they don't like the, the charge. And I said, oh, well, ship me a blanket anyways. It was hardly any extra, but it's funny. You know, they didn't want to deal with people. So they just wouldn't ship. That's so funny. <laughs> you know, they're wow. just very quirky. I, I mean, all three of these yeah. companies I'm talking about, I mean, I'm kind of, promoting a lot of the, a lot of products, you know, kind of the, I'm promoting the companies, but because they're just these individualistic, um, strong-willed companies making stuff, you know, in, in, uh, locally, I guess you want to say locally, but, you know, in their own, in their countries. And, um, I just respect what they're doing. And I, I also think they're a lot of fun, uh, great products. Uh, Tyga, you can't go wrong. Um, I think maybe, they're better known in Canada, but I never mm-hmm. see. Yeah, I've never heard of them. Yeah, before. I never see anybody wearing Tyga clothes. But I'm telling you, if you if you bought some, you'd be like, "This stuff is great," you know. <laughs> and, and if you're in a cold, I mean, I'm just naturally cold all the time, even though I live in the south. And uh, uh-huh. I just love having warm. I, I love having warm clothes. So I always say, I wish I had known of them when I was in Vermont because it was always freezing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It looks like good Vermont clothing. Oh boy. Definitely. If I had grown up with Tyga, I would have been a, a warm person, you know? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. We could use that in LA right now. It's a, like, it's been in the forties here. Ooh, that must be feel really cold. It's a shock for us. Oh. Yeah. We're not, oh. not used to it. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm in the South and I, I like the heat, you know, you won't hear me mm-hmm. complaining. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell us about Eden Foods. Yeah. Eden, I, I think a, a lot of people maybe have heard of Eden, Eden Organics, uh, but I, I'm giving them a big shout out because this company has been around a long time and they're one of the last remaining independently owned grocery stores. You won't find a lot of, or, or I should say grocer, grocers, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think you'll, you won't find a lot of companies that can tell you exactly where their products come from. Um, they're really into sourcing uh, United States um, uh, products like soybeans um, and grains. Um, they also import a lot of stuff from J- Japan. They're into macrobiotics. Um, and my my peeve these days is that they're getting cleared out of our co-ops because they are a little 
pricier than these kind of giant, suspicious, quote unquote, organic companies that are pushing in on the shelves. I'm sure you've noticed it if you shop that way. Um, so uh, during the pandemic, I it, Eden wasn't available anymore in my co-ops. And also I wasn't even going to the store. So I was like, oh gosh, where am I going to get this stuff? So I, it occurred to me to go online and they have this great website that I think you guys would have to pay sales tax in California, but because they don't have a warehouse, uh, their, their warehouses, they have one in California and one in Michigan. And mm -hmm. so we don't have to pay sales tax and you get free shipping over like $65 or something. So all of a sudden I was like, oh, I hadn't seen such a great span of Eden products in years, you know, because they've just been wiped off the shelves. So they're alive and well, I want to let everybody know. And mm -hmm. their website is fantastic and you can get really great deals on bulk. So like if you have a, a friend you want to go in with, or you just like, you're like us and you like to get a case of olive oil and a case of tomatoes, <laughs> you know, I mean. We, yeah, stuff that lasts. Yeah, stuff that lasts. So in the, during the pandemic, I mean, I stocked up my, you know, I, I stocked up my shelves with grains. I've, I still have way too much, you know, like millet and quinoa. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but it, I was really surprised that the, the prices were really good. And then also um, they sent, they have sales and they'll send you like emails for their sales. And, but, but I really think in this day and age, it's important to know where your food's coming from as best you can. You know, I mean, I'm a big yeah. farmer's market. I go to the farmer's market and I shop at co-ops and I like to know my, the people who make my food as much as I can. And Eden is the one place that has packages, you know, packaged food that I actually kind of trust I think recently they mm -hmm. got a big award from, uh, I think it was Denmark, saying how great their soy milk was because uh, they didn't use GMO soybeans and, you know, they're just a cut above the rest because, you know, America's pretty slack with their food. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. We don't really, we're more into cheap than quality. I mean, in general, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm saying that on a, like a, as a culture, maybe as a huge, you know, it's a gross generalization, but, um, so I just make a big shout out to Eden because, uh, I'm glad they're still around and every, you know, I'm always worried they're going to get swallowed up by some huge food company. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. so would you say they're like a lot more expensive than like say whole foods or no. in the same no. And as a matter of fact, Whole Foods is one of the few grocery stores that um, keeps them on the shelves, you know, um, mm -hmm. not everything, of course, but they, they, they do have like their applesauce and um, especially their Japanese stuff like uh, the Yumbashi plum vinegar or the tamari, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. No, I think it's, I mean, I spend a lot of money on my food, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say I, have a lot of money, but what I have, I, I spend most of it on food. <laughs> so, uh <-huh. laughs> um, so I'm used to, I, I expect to pay a, a little more for the, but I, I feel like you can get a really good, you can get a good deal by getting the cases you can get. Like, I think they give you a 12% off on cases and you know, you can save, but I don't know. People just like to spend as little as possible in the grocery store in general. So I'm sure 
Uh, for some people, it would be expensive, and others, it would just be normal price. It depends yeah. how you shop. Have you ever tried the black sesame butter? It looks really interesting. <laughs> yes, I. Uh, at some point, I was into like shaking up my diet or something, and mm -hmm. um, it's pretty intense. I, I don't know if I actually finished it, but it was it was like. I think I was eating too much of it. And I was like, oh boy, I got to go back to the regular tahini. Is it like, is it, is it strong tasting or something? Um, no, it's just really powerful. Like in terms of uh, your system, you know, you're like, uh, you just spread it on a, you just spread it thinly on like a piece of bread mm -hmm. or rice cake or something. Yeah. It's very healthy. You know, black sesames are it, really good for you. It looks cool. Yeah. Oh, I love have, the way it looks. Yeah. It, and it, and it t actually tastes really good. Um, yeah, I've tried a, tried most of their products. I think, um, mm -hmm. yeah, they're olive see. oil and and tomato, crushed tomatoes, all that. It's really good. And if you're into grains, they're really good. Super grains and excellent dried beans, you know, and even canned mm -hmm. beans. Yeah, they're that's a good one. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a good recommendation. Good. Thanks, Joya. Oh, you're welcome. And I like that you can order the stuff online too highly recommended it's, it's really cool i'm definitely going to check that out yeah because uh, yeah i like to change up my diet and i tend to just like reorder the same things over and over again I i'm the same way the like, pandemic's helped me a little to shake out of that but uh, mm -hmm. uh one thing i want to say about them is they are really great shippers like you know we we pack and ship a lot of magazines and these guys like they pay attention to their shipping i mean it comes pristine so you can order glass because i was a little worried about that i ordered mm -hmm. a case of like uh, a case of applesauce you know and a case of olive oil and everything came pristinely packed i mean no 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 breakage or anything that's great. Yeah, cool. so you can have confidence. Order, order up. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. So, um, in, in, we have a few minutes left. I wanted to talk about uh, your magazine. It's called Mind Shaft. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, it uh, just to me, I, I uh, grew up reading uh, Robert Crumb's Weirdo magazine. Oh yeah. And so I loved it, and then. Uh, when I came across Mindshaft, I noticed that there's like a lot of overlap in authors. It's a, it's a completely different magazine. It's a more of a literary magazine with with writing, and uh, you have great authors uh, like uh, uh, John Helton. Yeah. Um, and then just just the amazing artists that you have too, like n not only Robert Crumb but Drew Friedman, um, Mary Fleener. Uh, how uh, what gave you the idea to to do and continue to do a print magazine in this era where that's like been like wiped out by online media? Yeah, I guess um, we're we're like dinosaurs, you know. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I I think we 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 of course we started before online was happening, and then we both Everett and I just we love print you know we love old books and we love old comics and you know we just we we didn't have any um kind of impetus or interest in going online so we just uh because we like what we do like we like i remember somebody reviewed us once and said uh well obviously you know you go to their website and you can see that they do print because we have like a, a vintage website we can't even do a like a modern website you know uh -huh. um <laughs> 
Uh-huh. So I think we just love uh, print material, you know, and, and it's so much fun to produce something that's uh, in print still, you know, it's a battle. And every, even now, um, you know, our printer's plate maker broke and they can't replace the technology. So they have to go out for now this number 40. They have to use a different vendor. It's like a, such a pain in the butt for them, you know, um, and we're always you know, just insisting, no, we want to stay offset, <laughs> but it's just been a, mm-hmm. it's been a series of, uh, you know, just crazy stories of trying to stay in print, but it's worth it. It's so it's fun and it's great to, uh, have people get excited when they get something, you know, in the mail. And so I think we like doing it. So could you describe the, the, the magazine? So it- this is a magazine that approximately what size is it? How many pages is it normally? And you're saying that it's for, it's printed in um, offset, meaning that it's like oh, not it's, a um, digitally printed. It's not laser printed. It's printed with ink. So what, what, what size and how many pages would a typical issue? No. Yeah. It's offset press, right? Yeah. It's uh five and a half by eight. So it's like, you know, half page. Um, it's usually uh f- can be 48 to 60 pages. You know, this issue coming up, number 40 is 60 pages, which we love because we have had a lot of kind of features we want to put in there. So uh, sometimes our printers can't really handle printing uh, more than, you know, 52 or 56 pages. So our printer's printing 60, which is, if that works, we'll probably keep that going for a little bit because we've had a lot of, uh, just we've got some new contributors with, some big features that we want to do. How often does it come out? Well, um, in the old days, it would come out three times a year. And then we've had different things. Like when Irina was born, we managed to just get out one a year. And now we're kind of back up to almost two a year, you know, Um, (laughs) because it's, it's more involved right now. Uh, There's a lot more uh, Everett spends a lot more time laying out the magazine than he used to. We used to just cut and paste at the last minute. We were laughing about, we didn't even have air conditioning when we first moved here and he'd be like sweating and try not to drip on the pages while he was gluing them up, you know? (laughs) Um, And do do you still do it that way? Do you still do paste-up boards? No, no. We we had to go to InDesign. First we went to like PageMaker and then my, my, our old printer was very kind and gave me a copy of InDesign. And now we actually, you know, buy, we bought InDesign. <laughs> you know, we, um, they, yeah, he insisted we couldn't do um, the, the person that took the, like the paste up people went out of business. And so they made us go. Finally, we went to InDesign, which is fine. We're, we're pretty good at InDesign right now. And uh, then we send it over in a PDF and, uh, that that's how it's done now, you know, and then printed on offset press. And, and I mean, you you the the artists you get like um, Drew Friedman and Crumb, Art Spiegelman. These are people who are like in super high demand. And I don't imagine you have like a huge editorial budget. No, they, no. they are <laughs> contributing because they they love mineshaft, obviously. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we're really grateful to them and they, they kind of, I guess they like being uh, together, you know, they get excited mm-hmm. about that. And also Everett, Everett really has this talent of bringing people together. He just is really good at that. Um, that's really his skill, you know, as an editor, he just, he just seems to attract people and, and he also does a really 
good job printing people's work. And I think then they, they're happy about that, you know, because uh, he's really attention to detail and, and the, it's not digitalized, you know, and I think it's fun for them to, and, and gratifying to see their print, their work like clear in print, you know what I mean? Not yeah, in and in high quality. Right. Yeah, Do so. you give them assignments or is it kind of like this, uh, they have total freedom to kind of produce whatever they want that issue? Um, our regular contributors, you know, like Robert Crumb or um, Drew, a lot of contributors, they just, yeah, people just send in work and, and um, you know, with Robert Crumb, we're, we're, we love his work, uh, you know, we, we're, we're completely psyched to print his stuff. You know, he, he's doing the cover for the new issue coming up and maybe it'll be a little controversial, but we're just totally excited to print it. That's you know? not unusual. I have to say, <laughs> because, you yeah. know, um, he, he did work for me and we were running the whole earth and um, he would cover us for us, but there was a famous cover that, um, the other editors on the magazine rebelled against. Oh, which one was that, that was a, Kevin? Oh, the one where he had the uh, Nazi symbols, the swastikas in the eyeballs of this. Um, oh, no. Uh, uh, it was about the atomic bomb, and there was kind of this person's freaking out, and their eyes are kind of, you know, bulging coming out, and there was um, swastikas in their eyeballs, and it was like um, there were certain editors who just um, were offended by that. So it didn't even, well, I think it eventually did run, but there was a kind of a controversy within the, behind the scenes, basically. Um, and plus other ones that he's done that also were, yeah. I mean, he's made for that. That's, that's his middle name. <laughs> you know. <So. laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he likes to speak his mind yeah. and he's really, he really stays with the, you know, he's really um, current, you know, he's always, yeah. um, we've got some, you know, great, we actually have new work by him, uh, long letters in the new issue. I mean, he's, he's really active and um, yeah, he's just been very generous with us and uh, he's a good guy he, and Everett and he and Everett correspond quite a bit. And uh, I always love reading his letters. Right. And then I saw, I saw them. a book by Arkham that I didn't get cause I was going to hurry, but I, I want to go back to it. He did a journal of his dreams Mm-hmm. Yes. And you yeah. you would think most people's dreams are kind of like they're kind of like they're not they don't really um, translate well, I guess. I mean, they're kind of like, yeah, that's a strange dream. So what? But his actually were kind of like interesting to read. Um, it was the first time I kind of was, was reading other people's dreams, wanting more, oh, yeah, wanting yeah. more rather than less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, well, Everett, Everett early on took him up on. Um, We've, we've been printing his le- his uh, dreams for issues now. Oh, and they I finally, see. Um, we actually worked with the person that published the, the book and um, uh-huh. ga- gave him some. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of uh, gave him some that he needed or um, I can't. Uh, cool. So, so, yeah, Everett has always backed his dream. The dreams are fascinating, but they're in um, many, many issues of the magazine. Oh, okay. Now. Well, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Cool. Yeah, my daughter has that book and really likes it. Yeah, okay. yeah. He he manages to make it completely fascinating. You know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. great. Uh, more power to you. So I, I wish you guys continued success in being the dinosaur. Well, may, thank you. May no um, <laughs> asteroids hit you. I, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. We, or the printer, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. We really, uh, yeah. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed being on your show, and thanks for having me. 
Hey everybody, it's your co-host Mark, and I wanted to let you know that we have a lot more going on here in Cool Tools than just this podcast. We have our flagship website where we review a new tool every day. That's at cool-tools.org. We also have four different newsletters. We have this podcast. We have a YouTube channel where we review tools. And if you like what you hear and see and read, the best way to help us out is by going to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash cooltools and donate at any level you wish. You can even contribute $1 a month, and, and that would mean a lot to us. The money that you give us will go towards paying for our transcribing costs, editing videos, and editing the podcast. It goes towards paying contributors who write the reviews for us. It goes towards our equipment costs, our hosting costs, and it supports our very small company of three people. This week, I wanted to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters who have been giving us at least $2 a month. And if you give us $2 a month, we'll give you a shout out online. And this week, I would like to thank Michael Sakochia, Molly Starr, M. Velderman, Opposable Thumbs, Pamela Cooley, Patrick Weyer, Paul Hosey, Randy Fisher, Stuart Burroughs Brand, Synaptic Sam, Therese Schwartz, Tom Hawkins, Tom Markham, What Bear, Javier Pangolin, David Lang, Eric Byers, Sean Hartley, Stephen Powell, Greg Lichtscheidt, John Hobson, Adam Bristol, Adam Naher, Anonymous, Bill Kempthorne, Bruce I. Niles, Chris Woodruff, C. Kolos, Daryl Flynn, Egg Fliegoff, Eric Hanschrau, Eric Hoover, Godfrey Saldana, Jay Skiles, John M. Larson, Jude Galligan, Kenneth Gilman, and Lucas Frank. Thank you very much for supporting the show, and we will see you next week. We'll be right back. 